So this week, uh, we are going to talk um, about uh, the third one, um, and this is joy. And so if you go to like different churches, they actually set up like candles for Advent. Um, and those candles are usually a particular color, and they light them each week of Advent. Um, the Essentially, the colors are purple. They're all purple, all the other ones. Um, and uh, the joy one is actually pink, right? They, they, they light that one a slightly different color. Um, and so uh, it's uh, so we're going to talk about that joy candle per se. We're going to talk about joy. It's also called the shepherd's candle. Um, it's when we remember and rejoice Christ's birth, uh, like the uh, shepherds um, on the first eve of Christmas. Um, and so, um, you know, before Christmas happened, when they told um, those shepherds. And so, we're going to talk about joy uh, today, and as it relates um, to uh, yeah, Christmas. And so, if I said, "What is joy?" Uh, any any answers, responses, takes? What is joy? What's joy? Happiness. Happiness. That's a good one. That's a good one. Anybody else? Yeah, that's the go-to. That's the go-to. Um, are joy and happiness uh, the same thing for the most part? No, that's for real. Like, joy is like really, really happy, right? It's like joy is like winning the lottery, and then happiness is like getting your paychecks. Okay. Yeah. So those those definitely sound okay. Yeah, that's yeah. So it sounds like almost like. Joy is further above uh, than happiness here. Um, yeah, so actually, I looked up happiness uh, this morning, uh, and Google gave the very helpful definition of happiness is a state of being happy. Mm. That's what I said. I was like, Google, get it correct. So I was like, great, y'all were useless for happiness. Uh, what do you have to say about the word happy? Um, and when I looked up happy, um, it says a sense of confidence um, in or satisfaction with a person, an arrangement, or a situation, right? And so happiness, um, as uh, Google defines it, <laughs> um, is a state, uh, it's an emotional state, um, and that state that you're in, right, that, that you're happy, it's dependent on like outside things, right, like people, situations, that's the things that make you happy. You guys talked about some of the things that made you happy um, this past week, right? It was different tests you did well on, uh, different people you got to see, different things that were going well, right? So those things happened, and as a result, you were happy. And so, um, yeah, your happiness is dependent on the things that are happening around you. Um, and if bad things happen, you're not happy. Like, right, that's kind of weird to be quote-unquote happy when things are actually going terrible. There was a car crash, things are hard, right? Like, you're sad, that's the opposite happiness and we all understand that right does that make sense like we're like happy so we, um and so i was like great uh i i looked up happiness and they gave me a definition that was kind of useless but then they gave me a good definition for happy i was like great google has not completely failed me um but i looked up joy and they were like joy is happiness and i was like mm, 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 mm. something a little fishy here because we just said that uh, happiness, um, at least in the previous definition, is like this emotional state that is dependent on external factors. So I was like, all right, great, let's go to the scripts. Uh, let's see what the Lord got to tell us about joy, about happiness. Um, and in Philippians 4, uh, he gives a command, actually. It's not the definition per se, but it says, Rejoice 
in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Um, and then again, um, like so when we read that, you know, uh, Philippians 4.4, 4, it says rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, like rejoice, you know, to have joy. Um, they're like, which is kind of not the same as happiness. If you just said happiness is like dependent on like good things happen to you. Like everybody said a good thing that happened to them that made them happy earlier this week. So I was like, all right, well, so if that's the case, then joy can't, because in, in Philippians 4, it says rejoice in the Lord always. And so that's not like a, things are going well. And so I will, you know, it's, only, it's not only when things are going well, it includes when things are not going well. It's still asking us to like rejoice. And so it's like, what is this joy thing that's like, it's separate from happiness, they are actually distinct. But like, what actually makes up joy and why is it different? Um, and so, if we look a little bit further in the Bible, we look at Romans 12, 12. Um, I don't know, all this, uh, it was like, what's Philippians 4, 4? No, it's Romans 12, 12. We got like the doubles going here. Um, it says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. Um, again, like, it's, it's using the word rejoice, right? It's a form of hope, uh, a form of joy, right? But it's like, now it's really specific, right? Before it was like, rejoice in like all things. You're like, great, things are going well, I'm gonna rejoice, things are going bad, I'll probably have to rejoice. But now it's like, all right, it's really clear here. It's like, rejoice in hope, be patient um, in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. Um, we see rejoicing as like the first thing that happens followed by like in the midst of tribulation and so compared to happiness where it's like we are happy because good things happen joy is supposed to remain consistent even when good things aren't happening this is interesting um and so where does joy come from <laughs> where does joy come from um and so my prayer for today um, is that, and really with any message, um, is that the Lord will uh, renew like our minds. Somebody, somebody, everybody say renew our minds. One more time. And third time. Great. <laughs> what what that means? Um, well, what does re mean? Y'all took like the, you know a little Greek like you know pronouns. Again, right? Re means to do something again. What are we doing again? Exactly. Right? We're making our mind new again, right? And so it means like what you had before, what was like new to you, the information that you had about joy before, we want to renew that. We want to make it new again. Not based on like our feelings or thoughts, but we want to make it new again based off of like scripture and what the Lord has to say about joy, alright? So what are we going to do today? We're going to renew our minds about joy. Say that for me one more time. Great. <laughs> and so let me pray real quick. Um, Lord, thank you so much for today. Um, thank you for the opportunity to be here. I pray, Lord, that you would um, speak through me, Lord, that your word would come through, Lord, to your people, Lord, in this season of Advent, Lord, that we, we um, really learn the true meaning of what joy is and how that's found in you, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would renew our minds, things that we believed previously about joy, Lord. Um, whether we knew a lot or a little, Lord, would you give us something new uh, about joy today that we can take? Um, into the season of going forward in your son's name we pray. Amen? Amen. Um, and so, uh, y'all said last week, um, y'all talked about uh, love and peace. Or was it love and hope? Or was it hope and love? Hope and peace. Those are the two things. Um, 
And in many ways, like joy is actually directly tied into the other um, candles per se, right? It's tied into hope, it's tied into love, it's tied into peace. Um, and the reason here is because like, you know, where you place your hope will affect your joy, all right? So where are some of the places that we like place our hope, right? So uh, as you guys are thinking about like your futures and the, y'all wanna like make good money and, and do, do things well, like where do you, um, how, how do you think you're gonna get there, right? This is one of the ways that you, you need to do to like get to like where y'all wanna be when you grow up. Just call them up. Learning, okay. How are y'all trying to get to where you wanna go in life? Good grades. Focus, practice. Stay focused. Yeah, stay focused. Right, college is a thing, right? Doing well is a thing, right? Patience is a thing, right? And so, in many ways, um, we know these are things we need to do to get to where we want to go, um, but we're humans, and we tend to end up placing our faith and our trust in those things. Like, our hope is based on, like, the fact that I'll get good grades, right? And so, if my hope, in the future of me like being able to do the things I want is based off of my good grades, then when my good grades fail me, my hope is gone and there is my there goes my joy with it. Right? Like I'm sad, I'm no longer happy. Right? And so where your hope is placed will affect your joy. Um, your understanding of the love of God <laughs> will affect your joy. Um, and in, and so it'll affect your peace down the line. And so um, we can see that joy um, is a thing that um, is affected by these other candles that are here. Um, where we place our hope um, and how we understand the love of God it will affect our joy. Um, and so is your hope uh, here in jobs or parents or friends? Um, we'll have to talk about that, right? And so as we go into joy, um, let's open our Bibles to Luke uh, chapter 8. Uh, I mean, Luke chapter 2. Uh, verse verses eight to fifteen, um, and I will need somebody to volunteer um, to read that for us. Yeah, Luke chapter two, verses eight to fifteen. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord showed around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior that has been born to you, he is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in the manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Thank you so much. In my opinion, the town of David, it was Bethlehem. Thanks for reading that for us. Um, cool. So can somebody uh, from this side just give me a rundown of what just happened? Of what just happened? Like, what did we just read? Like, just give me a summary. 
prophet to like prophesy like yo like y'all about to be saved what were they being saved from what were they being saved from anybody that's what we think about when we think about Jesus. But that maybe some people were, but what are some other things that were on the minds, like repressing, you know, that they were like, he's going to save us from, you know? They were thinking that he was going to come and save them from, like, uh, like the things the government was doing to them, and, like, uh, just things yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, save them from the government, save them from, like, these people were oppressed, like, people were enslaving them. Like, imagine somebody pulled up to your crib and, like, enslaved their entire family. They were like, now y'all are under us. Right, that happens to our people in the past, right? So it's not super far-fetched. Um, but the reality is they were expecting salvation. They were expecting someone to become saved of yes, from sins, uh, as we know it. But, like, very much, like, there were real things in their life they wanted to be saved from. And so let's read about one of these prophecies. Uh, from the past that uh, they were being expected to be saved from. And so let's flip to Isaiah chapter 9, uh, verses 1 through 3. So Isaiah 9. Those who dwelt in the land um, of deep darkness, 
on them a light is shown. Y'all, so these people were like, these are prophecies that they've heard. Y'all, like, imagine, like, oh man, like, it's, it's kind of hard to capture just how dark it felt for these people who were just like waiting in anticipation for someone to bring them out of like all the things they were going through, right? It's like they've seen their mom killed. They have seen their brother killed. They go to jobs and their money is taken from them for the Roman government. They are second class citizens, right? They are living in a way that's like, yo, this sucks. And I have been promised a savior. And the description of that dude is crazy, bruh. This dude is about to pull up here and Taekwondo kick everyone in their face and like take me home, right? Like they, they have been promised a savior. And we read about the savior and it tells us like, you know, he will come like we're in darkness. He's gonna show up in that darkness and then light is gonna come forward. Like, has anybody like um ever opened up like uh, your house like in the night, right? Like if, if your house is well lit, you open the door to like go grab something, take out the trash, right? Does the darkness like run into your house or does the light like go into the darkness? Right, the light goes into the darkness. There's like no place where like when you light a match, you like the match gets like extinguished by the darkness. Like by nature, darkness, like light goes out into darkness, right? And so they're told here like, your savior is gonna show up. He's like light, which means like, like, dude, bro, like, it's an L for darkness, bro. Like, it is an L for darkness. Like, no, there have been no dubs taken by darkness when light shows up, right? And this is a promise that's been given to them. Um, and so, it's like this person who is Jesus, who was promised to you, is going to come, um, and he's going to come and defeat darkness. Bro, that's, that's pretty lit, bro. <laughs> like, I would rejoice over that. We would all rejoice knowing um, that our king is coming to conquer the things around us, right? Um, so what does this like mean for like us though? So like we know like the promise of Jesus was amazing, and that's why the um, the shepherds were like, oh my goodness, like the promised Messiah is about to show up. Like this is cause for rejoicing. Um, but what does it mean for like us? Like why are we like rejoicing? Like what did Jesus? So like the birth of Jesus was a signal. It was like the beginning of people's like um, like victory, basically, right? Like when Jesus came, he did something for us. Um, and like, yeah, what did he do for us, right? What did he do for us, like that are sitting here right now? What did Jesus do? So he died on the cross for our sins, but like, what did that like accomplish for us? It helped, it helped bring us closer to God to have a better relationship with him. Yeah, it helped bring us closer to God to have a better relationship with him. Um, right? He came to defeat death. Um, and so the birth of this baby was like, it felt like chapter one in many ways. It was a prologue, it was Old Testament, but it felt like chapter one in many ways. Um, and spoiler alert, I don't know if you read the book, but like he took the dove, <laughs> right? He took the dove. And what does the defeat of death mean? What does this actually mean? Because what's actually happening here, right, is that like the concept is yes, Jesus came, he died for our sins, and the death for our sins purchased our salvation. And that allows us to be close to God, right? And so the ways of the world, the ways of your mind, we talked about the renewing of our minds. That only happens because of what Jesus did, right? The renewing of our minds is a consequence, it's a, like a result of the work that Jesus did when he died on the cross. Reality check here, y'all. Uh, we've been in the midst of a like, cosmic war since like a very long time. Okay, so there's both 
in Jesus' time, there was like things that were happening locally, right? It's like the Romans were oppressing people, things were difficult, and so they were waiting in anticipation for freedom from that, right? But that war and that like conflict that was happening was also a, like happening in the midst of like a global and a, like a cosmic war of sorts, right? Because when, because uh, everybody knows here that Satan used to be an angel, right? He used to be an angel. He was great. He was a great singer, great worshiper, beautiful guy. Um, and then he went against the Lord. Uh, and the Lord was like, we don't do that here. Um, and he sent him down. He was like, well, I'm going to take my people who like rock with me with me. So the devil was thrown to the earth, along with like demons and all of those people. Um, and there's been a cosmic war that was happening from the beginning of time. Um, while we did our earth things and people went to war at earth, there was like wars happening um, above, right? And you have to understand that when Jesus died, what he did was he <laughs> went into that war um, and he defeated death. Right? When I say death was defeated, right? The power of death, the power of darkness, the power that reigned over everything, the fact that there was a war going on in the cosmic realm. Like when Jesus died, like and he rose from the dead, like he rose up in victory. He rose up and he took a dub, right, over death. Right? He destroyed the plans that the enemy would have for um, eternity. And he was like, no, like, eternity is like the Lord's. And those who choose me, like, will also have this dub. Um, and so Jesus' death, right, signaled the begin, like, it signaled, like, light going so far into the darkness that, like, darkness just, like, was like, bruh, it's an L. It is an L. Um, and so we have to understand that, like, Yes, Jesus came to save um, the Jews, right? He came, he came, he came they, were waiting, they were waiting for Messiah to save them out of where they were in currently. But the death and resurrection of Jesus, right? The one that purchased our salvation. Um, it also was the victory over like death overall. Um, and that's the cause of joy. So like, what does that mean? Um, what does that mean uh, for us, right? Our joy comes in the fact that Jesus is already taking that win, right? Our joy comes in the fact that um, that what Jesus did on the cross surpasses anything that could ever happen right now, right? We mentioned in the definition between joy and happiness, the difference is that um, uh, happiness is dependent, like it relies on external things going well for us to be happy, and that's a good thing, right? Like we should be happy when good things happen. Uh, but we also read that the, the Bible calls us to joy in like all circumstances. And so the joy that we actually have and can have in all circumstances, it doesn't necessarily look like happiness, you know? Like people are sick, like loved ones are sick. It doesn't necessarily look like we are happy about their sickness. But what joy causes us to do is to look to God and be like, Lord, like you defeated death. Like you defeated death. And so like this is hard, this is difficult, but Lord, like you were victorious over this. And like if that loved one and that person like knows the Lord, you're like, yo, like, Lord, like even in the midst of death, like we as Christians are like, we, we weep. Like the Bible tells us to weep, you know, to mourn with those who mourn. Like we cry, right? Because that person is gone. But like our hope, right? The thing that like actually brings us back where our source of joy is, is like, yo, like, you know, my loved one is gone. My brother, my sister, my mom, like they're gone, uh, but they knew the Lord. And so I will see them again. And that's cause for rejoicing. Right, like the world does not have that hope. They cannot have that joy that 
Um, yes, they will mourn today, but like tomorrow we will wake up and there will be joy in the morning, right? That reminder that like I will see my loved one in heaven because the Lord defeated death, right? Like the, the L that death took means that you will see your loved ones again, right? And that's a cause for joy in the midst of things that are difficult, right? We rejoice in our suffering because we know the Lord conquered like the ball game, right? Like the cosmic war was won, um, and so we can rejoice. And so joy is not rooted um, in, in temporary things, right? It's not rooted in like good grades or nice cars or getting into the best college or success. Right? All of these things are good things the Lord gives to us, but he's like, that's not the source of your joy. The source of your joy needs to be in the fact that I came and I brought victory. And because I have victory, each and every one of you also have victory. I purchased victory for all of you. And that is a cause to rejoice. And so as we look at this, as we look in verses 2 um, and 3 um, of Isaiah 9, we see like, you know, two, two kind of things are mentioned here that come as a result, um, they come as a result um, of, of the victory that the Lord is about to, like the Lord gave us, right? In verse two, we read um, that the people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, to whom a light has a light is shown, right? We see that the dove that the Lord took, like defeated darkness, as we talked about before. And then we see in verse 3 here, it says, You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you um, with great joy um, at the harvest. Uh, they are glad when you uh, when they divide the spoil. Um, when the Jews read this, the first thing that would come to their mind, when you think about um, multiplication, if you were a Jew, like what do you think would come to mind? Like when you think about multiplication, like things multiplying, growing, outnumbering the stars maybe? It's the like uh, promise the Lord had for Abraham, right? He was like, I will make your ancestors as numerous as the stars. So that's the thing that would have come to mind um, when the Jews read this verse about multiplication. And um, yes, in terms of their harvest, but um, in terms of their people and bread, that was a lot of them. <laughs> they multiplied. They went from a couple uh, to a couple million, right? Um, but this is also relevant for us in many ways. Um, because we have to understand that one of the things that, um, one of the reasons for joy in the fact that Jesus conquered death is the fact that Christianity multiplies. Like, y'all beat this, right? Like, when Jesus was here on earth, like, he had, like, 12 disciples, um, and he was like, I'm Jesus, there's 12 of you, right? And then as he was here, he got more followers and more followers more followers and then Jesus died and he raised from the dead and he was like and he went up um, and he gave a command to the uh, disciples he was like yo uh, there's 12 of you and a couple hundred maybe a couple thousand of like those people I need y'all to go and make disciples of like all nations um, and bro like <laughs> there's like only a couple of thousand of them at the day of Pentecost um, but right now like Christianity is the biggest religion in the world there's like 2 billion professing Christians Right, and when and so when this verse talks about um, when this verse talks about how you have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you. Um, they are talking about the like they are also talking about the multiplication that came in Christianity. The fact that people who weren't necessarily Jews or born into um, 
born into the nation of Israel, um, also kind of hold this promise, right? The promise that like the Lord would be Lord over all of them as well. Um, and that's an incredible thing. I don't know if you guys like have any like um, friends who are non-Christian and became Christian, or they had parents who are non-Christian and became Christian, but I went to college with like a lot of people who like that happened to them, right? Like they weren't Christian when they came to college, they weren't professing believers, but through their time in college, um, they came to know the Lord and like now they follow him. And like we rejoice because of that. And yes, we rejoice for their salvation, but we have to understand that this joy is like multiplied. And so what actually happens is that this person who didn't know the Lord before was on the pathway to death, right? Because anybody who does not know the Lord and profess the Lord is on the pathway to like death, eternal separation from the Lord, not temporary death, which we all experience, but eternal separation. That's what death is from the Lord. And so because like they met a Christian or yeah, they met a Christian who like, you know, poured into them and the Lord spoke to their heart and they were like, yo, uh, I'm going to be Christian now. The reality is that like their generation has changed forever. Because they chose the Lord, their kids um, are more likely to know the Lord. They're more likely to marry a spouse who knows the Lord. We see like the multiplication of the things of God happening um, within like a generation. You know, a couple hundred years ago, there was no Christianity in Ghana um, at all, right? And a couple of people came over, uh, some with better intentions than the other, but the Lord is good. And regardless uh, of, yeah, the Lord is good. And he was like, hey, like, even though some of these people didn't have the greatest intentions when they went um, to Ghana, he was like, I will still bring people to me because I'm that good. Um, and so some missionaries came over and they brought the gospel. And it was just a couple of them. And only a couple of our ancestors were like, yo, I'll follow the Lord. Um, and we are here as a result of them following the Lord. All right, that multiplication aspect is a part. It's like it's critical to like the gospel, like a cause for joy. Like joy multiplies in that capacity. And so we just said that joy is outside of circumstances and it also produces um, victory over darkness and it also produces multiplication of things. Um, and so you might be asking the question now, you're like, hey, Kujo, like, you were talking about this cosmic war, like Jesus like died, he like took the dove, he came up, like, let's go, Christianity. Um, so if that's the case, then like, why is there still like pain and suffering. Like if Jesus took the dove, then like why are things like still difficult? Right? Is that like is that a fair question to ask? Like I just said that Jesus took a dove, he took the eternal wind. So why is there still pain and suffering? And so I'm about to wrap up this message here. So I want you all to pay attention to these last few things. Um, I would make a loud sound if I could to wake people up. I, I don't know if I could uh, I think people are up. Okay, great. <laughs> um and so uh so we have to answer this question. If Jesus took the win, then why is there still um, difficult things that are happening? And the reality here is the devil knows he's defeated. If you've ever defeated, um, if somebody's ever taken like an L, uh, but they know they have time to cause chaos, wouldn't you cause that chaos, right? Like if you already know you're about to go, um, and there's no chance of you like winning, there's no chance of you coming back, there's no chance for you, and it's like, oh, great, I'm gonna cause as much damage here, I'm gonna bring as many people to hell. I'm gonna bring as much damage uh, to all of these people's lives and chaos. I will make people forget <laughs> that there's actually eternal victory. Um, the reason for all of the, like a lot of the heartache and the pain, things that we experience, is the fact that the devil knows he lost. Right? He's on the way out. And because of that, he's like, I must cause as much chaos as possible. I must bring as many people because my time here is limited. 
And so you all need to remember that like the existence of difficult things, the existence of death, the existence of tragic events is not the absence um, of God or the absence of um, joy, right? The need for joy, right? It's actually a reminder. It's a reminder that like your joy has been purchased, right? That the Lord has won the victory um, and that the devil is flailing. And as he's flailing, he's hitting everything. He's destroying things, destroying families. And so it's up to us to like remember that like he's on his way out and we need to make sure he gets out, um, right? Because the Lord has won the victory. Um, and so the enemy has lost. Um, and so as we're in Advent, um, we're not just celebrating the birth of a random baby that happened uh, in Bethlehem about 2,000 years ago. We're literally celebrating the birth of God like incarnate, God in human form, um, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. So when these um, when these shepherds were like, there's a baby, it wasn't like, ugh, there's a baby. It's like, no, like that baby is literally like your salvation. Like when he grows up, he's about to take this dove and free all of you. Right, like you know, all of you are about to like get saved because of this baby. That is cause for rejoicing. And now we can look at that and be like, the Lord did it. And so as we remember Advent, um, as we remember, uh, yeah, as we remember this season, it's important for us to like remember that the cause, the the, the reason for that joy. Um, Christmas has happiness. Families will get together. Y'all will open presents. Those things will make you happy, and that is good. But you must remember, like the joy, uh, the the true source of your joy is in the fact that Jesus um, conquered death, <laughs> right? The fact that you have access to salvation, the fact that you will see your loved ones who know the Lord who have passed um, in the future because the Lord has purchased that for all of us, and that's a great source of joy. Um, and it's also good to remember that like joy doesn't always mean that you're happy. Um, I heard a pastor recently say that. Sometimes joy looks like crying your eyes out in a pillow with unwavering faith that God is present, even in those tears, right? So when you think of joy, don't just necessarily think of happiness, but think of like hope and expectation. Because the reality is like, I will weep when my parents pass away. You will weep when your parents pass away or your loved ones pass away. But the reality is that like my joy in the midst of my weeping may not look like a smile or a tear, um, it'll look like my anticipation of seeing my parents again. Um, and that is a great joy to have. Um, and so it's okay to not be completely happy um, when, ha- when bad things happen, but it is essential that we have joy um, and that uh, we remember that. Um, I think joy is a lot about remembering. Um, and so as we celebrate Advent, um, we celebrate like the birth of like our joy. Amen? Cool. Um, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunity to be here. We pray, Lord, that you would remind us of the joy that comes completely and entirely from you. The joy that allows us to be happy. um, The joy that allows us to mourn. But in both situations, still trusting that you are God. That your work is finished. That you have defeated death. You have purchased our salvation. And that you are coming to take your people home. And so we will have joy. Um, In the midst of good, we will have joy in the midst of bad, because your salvation, your work, everything that you've done is constant, and it will stay with us forever. And so because of that, we are thankful. And so as we look at Advent, as we anticipate the birth, the celebration of your birth, uh, let us remember the true source of joy. Uh, Lord, would you be glorified in our hearts? In your son's name we pray. Amen? Cool beans.